This episode of the Music Stuff Show is brought to you by Dupe Loops, your weekly curated drum loop library. If you're writing music, building tracks, or programming beats, duploops.com is the place to start. They deliver 10 new drum loops directly to your inbox every Monday, so you can spend less time searching for the right sounds and more time making music. Each loop is always available in stereo and multi-track formats, always fresh, and they are never recycled. And for a limited time, they are offering a 7-day free trial period with every plan. So visit duploops.com, that's D-U-P-E-L-O-O-P-S dot com, and start your free trial today to receive 10 new multi-track drum loops per week, every week. On this episode of the Music Stuff Show, we break down the many ways you might use to connect with your audience. We discuss the role communication plays in growing your business, delve into the role storytelling plays in your creative work, and we examine a few real-world scenarios for creating relationships that are centered around your brand. Please enjoy this episode of The Music Stuff Show, How to Not Suck at Communication. Welcome to The Music Stuff Show, where we break down the business of music to help you build a career doing what you love. My name is Tom, and Vance is here with me. Hello! (laughs) Yeah! It's back, baby! Guess who's back? Back again. I don't think, like... I guess you'd have to be a certain age for this to be your response, but if anybody ever says, guess who's back, my immediate thought is back again every time. 1,000%. Yeah. If I, I mean, I assume that if you were in high school or middle school between 98 and 2005, probably had that thought. I remember my first experience hearing about Eminem was before Eminem's music or I had heard his music, mm-hmm. and uh, I attended a Christian school at the time growing up, and he mm-hmm. was the person I carpooled with being up in arms at how awful the lyrics of a song were. Yeah. And in my mind, I was like, man, I really wonder what this is. I need to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> I really well, I need to check it out. God, I, I wasn't allowed to buy... Uh, I forget which, maybe the second Limp Biscuit record because mm. of the song Nookie, the song mm. title on the back. Yeah. I was trying to sneak a fast one at the record store and get it, and my dad flipped it over. It's like, uh, uh, no, you're not getting this. That's it's amazing. Like, like, oh, dad, I'm getting it. Not today, but I'm going to get it later. <laughs> That's honestly kind of funny, too. And something that kids these days will never, man, that just made us old. But yeah, kids did. these days will never understand, like, the low-key just trying to slide a CD mm-hmm. into the purchases. Yep. When you're walking through a store, no one has to do that now because they just have Spotify. Yeah. So you just listen to whatever. You can literally but access any terrible you song had, you want. Man, you had to, like, do something good or not be a jerk to your mom. Yeah. Or not complain for three hours at the store you didn't want to be at. <laughs> Be like, mom, please. Dude, I just want this record. The threshold, too, for I think what's considered too bad for your kid to listen to is probably a lot lower as well. It's real different. I mean, the stuff that's on the radio, even the edited versions are just like, I mean, pretty explicit with what they're talking about. There was a time, and this is going to sound bad. My mom is awesome. I want to preface with. Everybody loves my mom. My mom is the greatest. We love you, Terry. Shout out you. (laughs) But back in the day, uh, 
my mother worked really hard because she wanted to create the best environment she could around me and protect me growing up, Mm -hmm. which I respect and is fine. Yeah. But that being said, I remember times when I was at the Christian bookstore as a child, which was like, oh, safe zone. I can pick up anything in this store. And even at the Christian bookstore, my mom would check lyrics. (laughs) That's awesome. I mean, not for you, but... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Like, what are you going to run into in there? Is it even possible that something would be... Man, so it's funny. Take this a step further. I Somewhere in a closet, in a box, in the depths of somewhere at, like, my parents' house... Yeah. I inherited a cassette from my brother-in-law, Strong. who is older than me, and one of them is like, I don't know if it's the first DC Talk record or something. Mm-hmm. Kids, I'm sure there's a lot of things going on you've never heard of, so just bear with us as yeah. we get through this story time. We'll get there. Back in the olden days. Uh, <laughs> but on that cassette tape is explicit Christian lyrics. What is is that even a sentence? Like, <laughs> I can't believe that's a sentence that exists in the world. Uh, growing up in the church world. Oh yeah. Good times. Man. Hey, do you have a fact for me today? Man, I did I see you over there thumbing hard through that phone. Well, I saved one and now I'm trying to find I've been trying to low key do this and drag out my story so that I could. Sweet. <laughs> Found it. Did you know the killer whale is the natural predator of moose? What? It says killer whales attack more moose as they swim from island to island in search of food. Wow. I did not know that. I would never have guessed. This is, I mean, that's a double fact because I didn't know that moose swam from island to island in search of food. I didn't either. I just assumed they were sort of chilling and... What they have is what they have. Just living their best life. Yeah. I knew they were on, like, some islands up in Alaska or, I guess, Canada. But. The more you know. And now I know more. Thanks to you. (laughs) Fun fact. uh, You'll remember some episodes back where we were talking about toilet facts. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. A buddy of mine actually called me a week ago. No. And he started our conversation. With the statement of, did you know why 40,000 people get injured on the toilet? (laughs) (laughs) The majority of the injuries, I believe if I recall correctly, are a bruised rectum. Is that from pushing too hard? Maybe it's not. Maybe (laughs) maybe it was bruised butt cheeks. Something with like bumping your butt on the toilet. What are people like not sitting down but picking their legs up and dropping (laughs) How does that even happen? Uh, I mean, and it would have to be substantial enough to call it an injury. You know what I mean? Yeah. It can't be like a subtle little, oh, I have this bruise that wasn't there yesterday. I wonder where it is. It's very small. It'd have to be an actual, like, legit bruise to be able to tout that as a toilet-related injury. Yeah. Also, speaking of toilets... uh Completely different conversation this week with a different set of friends. Yep. Apparently, I haven't looked this up yet, but I hear there is a startup called Tushy. 
<laughs> that uh, is a affordable bidet for your home. Hmm. How about that? I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, I can find it. Put that in the show notes. It's music related, people. Listen, you gotta you gotta keep it fresh, <laughs> just like your tracks. <laughs> and if you can't keep yourself fresh, how can you keep your f- tracks fresh? It starts with you. So what are we talking about today, Vance? <laughs> no, <it's... laughs> How did we get here? Good Lord. It's a solid 15 minutes up top of peddling about toilet humor and Eminem lyrics, which I guess could be the same conversation. We kind of came I'm, full circle. I'm pretty confident we just encompassed the entire musical career. We talked about Eminem's lyrics, then we talked about Limp Biscuit, and then we talked about toilets. One could argue that we never left the station. I'd say so. Yeah. Also, if you've ever been in a band, I feel like you have zero capacity to argue that (laughs) this is 90% of your time. There we go. (laughs) What are we talking about today, Tom? So today we're going to talk about how to not suck at communication. Oh, yeah? That's a pretty general show title. Uh, I don't suck at communication. What are you talking about? (laughs) It's fair. You've been communicating all... Well, however long we've been recording so far, eight and a half minutes. Mm. Um, so I think that uh, I don't really have a, a planned place to start, so I'll just jump off of what's going on in my mind. I think that the communication aspect is put to the background as far as focus is concerned uh, when you are, for for a lot of artists, musicians, creative people, I think people don't give enough consideration to the fact that through your art, you are communicating something. And at the same time, there's two sides of this coin. There's what you're communicating and how you're communicating through your work. But then there's also all of the communication that happens to promote your work to the degree that it can become a business and a career. Right? Mm-hmm. Um. So I think when when we say communication, people probably think the second part before I think the second part before I think the first definition of like, what am I communicating through my song? What mm-hmm. am I communicating through my work? Uh, and I think probably within the context of this show, um, the latter is probably a more important point of discussion to start with. How are you communicating uh, on the back end of things? Like social media, email, things like that. Yeah, I think in terms of if you, uh, in the musical world, actually, honestly, I think this applies to everybody. uh, But in the musical world, even if you are a solo producer, DJ, you know, in a band, whatever, you're always going to be working with a bunch of other people. Even if your creation process is Mm self-contained, your life is going to interact with other people, whether that is uh, putting music out, whether that is uh, working around your day job as you are trying to transition from your day job to doing music full-time, whether you're playing live shows, whether you're... uh, All sorts of things. Like, at the end of the day, you interact with people. And uh, this was kind of inspired with some personal experience for me, where 
creatives, uh, I don't know if it's a fear of letting people down. I'm not really sure what it is, but I have personally experienced where, uh, for example, if a deadline is going to fall short or if somebody's not going to be able to deliver or needs to call an audible on what they're doing. So uh, to take this a step back, for example, if Mm -hmm. you're working on a project and you say, I will have the drums recorded by X date Mm -hmm. and something happens in your life, uh, you know, your dog gets sick and you got to take him to the vet. You got called in to work on a shift you didn't expect to. Um, the proper way to address that is to communicate with the people involved. So if we're working on this song together and I'm expecting you to send me these drum tracks by Friday and you call me on Tuesday and are like, hey, so I was supposed to have this day or two uh, available that I was going to work, it was going to be done, it was scheduled, and this thing that was outside of my control, uh, I no longer can do that, is the best way to approach this. Because now, Mm -hmm. in that scenario, I have a couple options. If the deadline is able to be flexible, I can say, sweet, can you get it done by this next day? Because as long as that can happen, we can still make this work. Right. Or, if I can't, you've given me enough time to be like, oh, man, Life happens, I understand, because we're human, but thanks for letting me know, because now I have enough time to still solve the problem and find somebody that can. And by you effectively communicating with me and letting me know to where a project can succeed, I will still call you in the future. Mm -hmm. Now, that's the right way to deal with those kinds of things. I unfortunately have seen plenty of times where creatives, musicians, artists, Something like that happens that would be perfectly acceptable Mm -hmm. that if you would communicate that and be transparent about what's going on Mm -hmm. uh, could be worked around. But whether they're nervous about letting somebody down or feeling like they failed, they just ghost. Yeah. And don't say anything. And then all of a sudden the day comes and you're like, hey, so where are we at with this? Is this still on board? Are we still good? Where are these tracks? And then there's either excuses or they don't want to respond or they take longer to get back to you or they're just kind of evasive in general. Yeah. And no one can succeed when that is going on. Yeah. You, you, when you first started talking about that, you mentioned the not knowing where it comes from. It's like the fear of disappointment or letting someone down. I think that's, I think that's absolutely accurate. I think it's the fear of, uh, also, it's the fear of letting others down. It's also fear of confrontation. I think that <clears throat> I don't. I don't even know if I would describe it as a creative person trait. I think it's just a human trait mm-hmm. of people. Mo- I think most people like would like to live a confrontation free lifestyle. It's most fair. people there are there are those who seek it, uh, but that's a rarity. Uh, so, and I think that people have a tendency to assume they presuppose what someone else's response or reaction will be before they even before the conversation even happens i'm i'm guilty of that Mm -hmm. i know that i am i do it uh before i even make a phone call I've, i've already in my head like all right this is what their responses could be and i start thinking about what my response to those responses would be before the conversation even happens. Mm-hmm. 
So I think that's why people don't uh, like to deliver less than stellar news. Yeah. But <clears throat> the fact is that the sooner you deliver bad news, that actually the better it is for everybody. It's true. Um, you included because uh, let's just like paint a hypothetical. Um, if I'm supposed to come in and play drums on a session uh, in your studio tomorrow, I'm supposed to be there at 9 a.m. and something comes up that I find out about 5 p.m. the day before, and I know I can't make it in until 3 o'clock the following day. If I don't call you until 10 p.m. or 7 a.m. the next morning and tell you I can't be there, then you have a very finite window of time to find a replacement or decide you want to move your session around. If I call you at 3.01 right after I find out and say, hey, I can't be there at 9, I can be there at 2 tomorrow, mm -hmm. or uh, I can't be there at all or whatever, then you have much more time to take appropriate action to fix that. And you also, me having called and told you that, it reflects better on me as uh, a business person as well because now I have the reputation of being honest and forthright. So if it's a situation outside of my control, the person I've just called is going to be more likely to call me and ask me to come back in for something else because they know that I'm honest. Yeah, I think effective communication breeds trust. Yeah. Because when you effectively communicate, when you don't leave things in the dark, uh, you don't leave a client or a peer or someone that you're working with in the dark, they don't have to wonder. Mm -hmm. And they can trust that you are going to do what you say you're going to do mm -hmm. or that you're not going to run them around if you can't do it. Right. If you effectively communicate that, they know what they're going to get and they feel like they can take what you say at face value. Yeah. And that's important. Like, even take the music specifically out of it. Let's say you have your day job and, you know, you don't want to be at your day job. You're not stoked about your day job. You're in a band. You're trying to build some hype around that band. Let's say you play a couple shows a month on the weekends. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously, Sometimes people are not supportive and you got to address those situations uh, as they come. But more often than not, if you're a waiter or a bartender and you are honest with uh, your boss or employer and you're like busting your balls to do a great job and showing up when you're there and let them know ahead of time when it's three weeks out and you're like, hey, this date in the future that there's plenty of time to cover what I normally am responsible for mm -hmm. to where your job is covered so that you don't have to stress about it. I want you to have ample time to effectively be able to do this. That person is way more likely to be like, cool, no problem. Mm -hmm. They work hard. They didn't like throw me for a loop five minutes because, you know, they're like, hey, can I be off tomorrow? And I said no. And then they just didn't show up. So now, right. you know your restaurants in shambles because there's no one covering your shift mm -hmm. because you just bailed. Right. You know, that person, the more <clears throat> you build that conversation that they know they can trust you, like they're going to be way more willing in the future to be like, yeah, of course. Thanks for letting me know. I want you to succeed in your things. Like most people want other people to succeed. Again, yeah. there's always 
there's always somebody out there that's, you know, a jerk and whatever, and those people suck and we're sorry, but most people want to be decent people. Most people want to be supportive people and see people succeed. Yeah. I I think also, um, I think that one one of the reasons, back to musician-specific talk, I think that one of the reasons musicians specifically are bad about communicating disappointment is that oftentimes early on we are so desperate for the work. Mm. We want to have work so mm-hmm. badly. We want to get paid to do what we love so badly that we will try until the very last minute to make two things work at once yeah, and try to do everything, even if we know ahead of time that the easiest thing to do would probably be to cancel the music thing or push it back because maybe our real job's making actual money and this other thing's, you know, maybe I'm only going to get 25 bucks for three hours of work, whatever. Um, we, we were so desperate to get the resume built, to make the connections, to create the relationships that we often will delay bad news, even for ourselves, because when, when we have to make that phone call to say it's not going to work, we're also we're not just disappointing the person who hired us or whatever. We're also disappointing ourselves and admitting to ourselves that it's not going to work. Yep. And oftentimes we're not ready to admit that. Yeah. Um. So that's a tough hurdle to get over. And it's, it's almost like a reverse psychology thing. It is, it is better to admit it to yourself earlier that it's not a feasible thing. It will save you headache in the long run. Yeah, I think too, uh, kind of along with that, it's all super internalized. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think when you're in that moment and when you're nervous about disappointing somebody, whether that is disappointing yourself because you thought you could do it and then you really couldn't or you ran out of time or you're worried about disappointing the person that you were trying to work for and or with, um, but you forget the other people that it affects and the fact that, yeah. so let's say you're a player and this is someone else's song that you were supposed to come play on. Mm-hmm. you're just worried about your disappointment of, oh, I'm dropping the ball. And often people forget that this person over here still has to cover that, mm-hmm. has to find a way to make, if they're the producer, they have to find somebody else that can play that in whatever amount of time. Mm-hmm. Or their client is going to be upset with them. And so it just rolls downhill of disappointment because you were scared. Versus... Right. If you just tell people and are honest so that people can trust you so they don't feel like you're going to be a wild card, if you gave them a a week to cover you or to replace you, or like let's say you have a regular gig that you play at that Mm -hmm. is once a week, if a day before, you know, people, (laughs) you have like a three-hour set that you play at whatever place, you know, that's all this music that you know and the people that you regularly play with know, but then you don't tell them till the day before, Who's can, it is real difficult to learn three hours of music in a day. <laughs> yeah. I won't say impossible, but it is real, is real tough. difficult to do and do well for sure. Yeah. Whereas if you're like, oh, I know this thing is coming up in a week or in two weeks, and then you can find somebody that can fill that spot so that everyone can succeed, everybody still likes you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's kind of like this like, kicking and swinging going down with the ship thing and you're like oh well i'm failing 
And I guess I'm bringing everybody else down with me right. when you just won't be straightforward. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think there's another side of this uh, conversation, too, which is if you're the person who's receiving bad news, we'll just uh, kind of keep down this bad news train and we'll switch to a different subject, I'm <laughs> sure. But if in in the in the scope of things not going the way they should and needing to communicate well about it. If you're the person receiving the communication that, hey, the guy I hired can't show up or the, you know, the girl is supposed to mix this is now unavailable, whatever. I think it's important for you to not just not reply. I think oftentimes that's what will happen. And that's mm-hmm. a, an experience that uh, informs later experiences for this person who had to give the bad news this time around and is going to make them more hesitant because they're not going to know what the reply was. Mm-hmm. If you receive news that's not favorable and you're like, this this person can't show up, I think it's important to re- reply and at least acknowledge, hey, I got got your message, got your text, whatever. Thanks for letting me know. Um, sorry it won't work out. What a, you know, If you're mad about it, at least say something reasonably pleasant. And if you're not mad about it, you know, I think assuring that person that it's fine and that, you know, you appreciate them letting you know helps to further the culture of good communication within the music business. I completely agree. Yeah. I would also say pick up the phone. Like, yeah. If you are in, if you're three weeks out and you've got time, you can text people, you know, Mm -hmm. and have a healthy conversation and whatever. Yeah. If something is super outside of your control, uh, you know, act of God, whatever sort of deal, pick up the phone, mm-hmm. call a person and talk to them. Uh, there is, man, you know, every yeah. person listening to this right now, you know that there are a thousand text messages you've received, even in good scenarios, that you had to read four different ways. And then, mm-hmm. like, look at your homie, like, oh, did she mean this? Like, right. is, is it, like, there is too much that can be left up in the air, especially if you have the responsibility attached to a gig or a job that you are working or a project you are a part of that other people are dependent on, mm-hmm. pick up the phone and so that you can talk through it. So at least you can solve the problem. Like right. even if people are upset at the end of the day, there is a problem to solve. Right. Uh, by you being unavailable or something happening like, and the faster that you can just talk through that and find a solution, the faster everyone will be happy. Right. Totally agree. And not, like nothing, We've said it in other contexts, but nothing beats the face-to-face or at least phone-to-phone conversation, Mm -hmm. voice-to-voice. Like, just written text cannot, is not going to solve things nearly as quickly as just hopping on the phone. Or if you have the opportunity to to speak face-to-face, yeah, take advantage of that. But I wouldn't prioritize, in the event of uh, bad news or disappointing news, I wouldn't prioritize delaying delivering the news to meet face-to-face if it's going to add additional time before that news is made known to the person who needs to know it. Yeah. Phone is definitely the priority there, I think. Yeah. Vocal communication. Because here's another thing. Sometimes you can just misunderstand what was said. Yeah, totally. And if you'll pick up the phone and just ask the person, be like, Mm -hmm. hey, what happened here that apparently I missed something? Mm -hmm. And then that also gives them the opportunity to be like, oh, whoa that auto-corrected or 
that totally came across weirder than I meant for it to. And like reading that back, I totally get what you said. I yeah was busy and was typing it out quick and wasn't paying super attention. I'm sorry, I didn't mean that at all. Like yeah, you give people the opportunity to clear things up right. by having a conversation. I think um, to go a little bit higher level on this, I think we as a as a musical community, the culture in our community could be improved when it comes to communication and specifically uh disappointing communication or communicating disappointment i should say uh it's a, it's sort of like a self-fulfilling spiral downward where like all right i have to tell this guy something he doesn't want to hear but i'm not going to tell him because i'm afraid that his response is going to be bad and then he's not going to hire me again mm-hmm. and then when i don't tell him he decides not to hire me again um we I think we have a bad habit of writing people off as a community when things don't go perfectly the way that we envisioned they would in our head with this person. We forget the human element of this business. Yep. And I say that from my own experience, both being the person who has unfortunately uh, not hired people again and the person who has not gotten hired again uh, because of one thing not working out perfectly. Uh, it's, it's a cultural change that I think needs to happen in this business where now the first time around is like, that's understandable. If, if you hire me to do any job and the first day I'm supposed to show up, I call and say, I can't do it. Well, yeah, it's, you're probably not going to call me back to come and do that job again. I get that. But if this person has worked with you or for you before, and then it doesn't work out this time around, while there may be other options out there, I personally am a big fan of loyalty. Mm-hmm. I think loyalty is an important trait that is very that is far too often overlooked in the music business. I think it becomes way too cutthroat, and people forget the fact that if you can surround yourself with people who you are loyal to and they are loyal to you and who you trust and are talented then you should work hard to maintain those relationships. Even if things don't go perfectly all the time, it will serve you and your business and your career better, I think, if you continue to invest into relationships with people that you can trust. And that e- that means even trusting them to deliver disappointing news every once in a while with honesty. I would much rather have somebody who I trust to hire for something deliver disappointing news to me and just understand that it didn't work out this time and continue to hire them because I know I can trust them rather than having to continually take a chance on a new person every time and hope that it works out, not knowing their character. Absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree. Um, to take it a slightly different direction, just to kind of hit this from a, an aspect aside from negative news. Uh, I think another area that this kind of comes into play, uh, just a pro tip for the kids out there. Uh, Let's say someone reaches out to you. I call you and I want you to do X, Y, Z for a project, play your Mm -hmm. instrument, produce something, mix, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think like you said earlier, people are scared to turn down work because they feel like it won't come back. Yeah. There is a significant psychological difference that I can attest to personally through a lot of years of experience in this, that number one, you, 
if you overbook yourself, you're not going to give your best work. Agreed. And you might pull it out and make it work a couple times, but too many people try to make that their resting state, mm-hmm. and you will burn out, and it cannot survive long term. That being said, if I call you and want to hire you, and your response is, I can't because I'm already booked. That doesn't say to me, oh, I don't want to call this person. That says to me, man, I should have called earlier. Yeah. Now, that's not the same if you're just like, oh, no, I don't feel like doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, sucks to suck. I'll find somebody <laughs> that wants to work. <laughs> right. But you will actually get more work in the long run by doing your best work and telling people no, so long as it's from the standpoint of like, hey, I wish I could, but I actually am already fully booked. You know, if the project can wait a couple of weeks, my time opens back up. Yeah. Uh, you know, around this time, and I would love to work with you, but I'm already fully committed for this time frame. Yeah. That 100% says to me, oh, this person knows what they can handle. They know what they can do and do well, and they're actually focusing on the projects that they have and are prioritizing that as opposed to, oh, I just won't sleep for 18 hours and grind through, and then by the end of it, you know, your ears are shot, you are barely being able to play because, like, you are just freaking tanked out on coffee and, you know. I think also you need to be honest with yourself as a creator. I mean, not even as a creator. Just be honest with yourself about your skill set and whatever your role is in the business of music. And don't take work that you're not a good fit for. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're not going to do your best work when you're overworked and you're overbooked, but you're also not going to do your best work when you don't like what you're doing. Yep. And when you don't like what you're doing and you're delivering subpar work, you're also robbing the person you're working for from the opportunity to have better work delivered from someone who cares more. Yep. So you're just kind of ruining it for everybody. Yeah, you may end up with a few more bucks in your pocket, but you're probably not going to get recommended for that kind of thing again. You're probably not going to get called back. And every everybody suffers. The work suffers. And then the community as a whole suffers because less than stellar work is getting put out from our subset of the world. Yeah, and the flip side of that, if you have a homie that is great at that and you're like, hey, I, I can and I'm available, but honestly, this guy is better or this girl is better. Yeah. Like, realistically, I'll take your money, mm-hmm. but they will do this job better. Mm-hmm. The client will respect you more. Your friend that, assuming they do a different thing, is going to be so hyped on you. You're the first name. You just move to the top of their list next time there's a gig that they're not fit for. Totally. Like, yeah. Like, for real. Every time. Mm-hmm. You look like a rock star. If you can have enough uh, character and humility and self-awareness to recognize that you're not the right fit for something and also be courageous enough to recommend somebody else in your place. Mm-hmm. Dude, that speaks volumes about you. People yep. are going to call you even if you're not the best player because they want to work with you because you're a good person. Yep. Like that kind of, that, that kind of quality is attractive. Yep. So be that girl or guy. Every time. You're just helping the community around you. And when the community thrives, you thrive. Absolutely. That's how that works. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> uh, 
Another another branch of communication and not sucking that I want to touch on. Um, there's actually two. I want to touch on expectation, and then uh, after we talk about that, I want to talk about social media. Oh, just uh, engagement mm-hmm. and back and forth and being involved. Uh, but expectation. This is a really big one uh, for me. Uh, I'm a as a as a uh, remote provider. The success of my work drumming on your songs from across the globe hinge very largely on you communicating your expectations to me mm. of what you want for the track. If you tell me just do your thing and I send you something and it's my thing and you go, well, I really wanted more of this. You have just wasted my time and you've just wasted your time and you have just colored your perception of not only what I specifically do, but also what all remote providers do or all providers for that, that matter. So it is important that not just in that context, but in any context of business being in the business of music that you communicate your expectations very clearly uh, from the onset. Like if you're, if you're a band and if you're a venue owner and you, you, you have shows regularly and you have a certain set of protocols for the bands, like sound check starts at 1 PM uh, load in is at 11 AM uh, show starts at 7 PM doors open at six thirty. Like, you need to tell every band that ever comes through there in it ahead of time so they can plan their routing very clearly and concisely what time all of the things that are pertinent are, what time uh, the show is over, uh, where the where the merch booth set up, are there showers, are there bathroom facilities, are there restaurants closed, like all those things, or at least give your address so they can look up what's around. Like you need to be very, very clear about what their expectations should be when they show up. And you also should be very clear in this instance about what your expectations are for them to show up, what time all these things need to happen so that when inevitably somebody doesn't meet them, if somebody, if you say your set is 25 minutes and you have, you know, five minute set change, whatever, uh, and they play for, they go into their 26th minute, you can pull the plug on them. Say, you knew what the expectations were going in. I've seen it happen. Yeah. I think that's very, very important. And I think that oftentimes that doesn't get communicated because people just don't know what they want. Yeah. I will also say, to flip that, that I think that is a responsibility of someone that's hiring somebody to communicate expectations. Mm -hmm. But... I also think that as a provider of certain things, being adult enough to look past the, oh, they should have told me, totally. and being smart enough to embrace the, cool, I feel like they haven't really communicated what they're looking for, and being smart enough to recognize that mm-hmm. to where you ask some questions, to where in that same scenario, you know, somebody that you've played with a ton of times might be able to say, Oh, do your thing because right. they know what your thing is. Right. And if you have an outstanding relationship and have done tons of gigs and they understand that, then sure, that's one thing. But if it's a new client that you have no experience with and maybe they just aren't great at communicating and you can get that vibe of like, 
maybe they're not sure. Mm -hmm. You will save yourself a ton of time and make a super happy client if you will kind of force through some questions. And let's say they say that, like, hey, just do your thing. Well, you can be like, hey, so that's cool. I'm all about that. I just want to make sure that, you know, like, I'm predominantly like a pretty hip-hop influenced drummer. So these are a lot of influences, X, Y, Z is where I tend to lean and kind of what came to mind on my first listen on the track. And I just wanted to make sure that that was kind of the vibe that you were feeling and give them something to connect to because you can play the same song to a hundred different people and they'll tell you that it sounds like a hundred different artists. Mm -hmm. Like put out a solo record and it'll blow your mind what people think you sound like. Yeah. It literally the exact same thing. And like, I'm not talking like same genre, different bands. Like people would be like, man, you sound like Beethoven. And then somebody <laughs> else would be like, man, that track sounds like Dr. Dre. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and so I think if both sides come in with that mentality, then everybody wins because if you are hiring people and clearly communicate what you're looking for from the people you hire, you can have accountability Mm -hmm. and you can hold them to a certain expectation. But then as a provider, if you're wise enough to be like, Hey, maybe they haven't thought all of these things through because they're not a drummer. That's Mm -hmm. why they called me. Yeah. They called me because they needed a drummer. Yeah. So let me ask, you know, these five to 10 questions that, take a short phone call. Mm-hmm. But by having this short phone call, I only have to track once. Right. When and then they'll be so much happier because it actually will be exactly what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Communication on the front end is, I really kind of don't think you can over communicate on the front end. There's right. a point where you can get obnoxious with questions, but if they're relevant, yeah. the, like that is a long fuse. As long as you're asking different questions. Mm-hmm. I think it's only obnoxious when someone asks the same question because they don't accept the answer. Right. I feel like that's what becomes obnoxious. But as long as you are asking relevant questions, I agree that that does not run dry for a very long time. Yeah. And if you are hiring somebody, if you're hiring somebody who is known to be great at what they do, you're asking them not only because they're a good player, but you're asking them because they know what question. You're hiring them because they know what questions to ask to get the best result. Mm-hmm. Like if you're hiring me as a drummer and you don't give me any direction, one of the reasons you're hiring me is because I've worked with enough people that I know how to get direction out of you mm-hmm. before I play a note. Yep. Um, so I can read between the lines. And that's, that's the case with if you're hiring a, a great player for, you know, a road gig, mm-hmm. they're going to, hopefully they're going to ask you the right questions uh, about how your operation works, you mm-hmm. know, how much you get paid, how many shows, what's the routing, what's that and the other, like, and if you're not willing to give that information, you're not a very good employer. Nope. So communicating expectation. And if you don't get the expectation communicated to you, knowing what questions to ask is very important. Don't be afraid to ask questions. If you, if you ever don't get a job or you or get let go from a job for asking questions, that are relevant and useful and not overly repetitive, like you don't want reasonable questions. Person. Yeah, you don't want to work for that person. That's a bad job. Um, the, so the next thing I want to touch on is social media engagement mm-hmm. and communication. I, I don't know what the age 
cutoff would be. But probably venture to say anybody over probably 30 underestimates the importance of social media communication. Mm. Um, you have said before, don't forget that, pe- that's, that there's another person on the end of that. Yeah. It's not just a website that you're in- interacting with. It's a person. Like, to like, yeah, like kids understand this. <laughs> like k- kids who are like 17, mm-hmm. you know, busting it, really working hard at building their career. Um, they get it. Yeah. Like, um, in our great example, 20 year old kid, Bazzy, uh, yeah. in our first newsletter we put out, Vance referenced his track, um, mine kid, uh, um, uh, I don't know when his birthday is, but was 20 at the time we released that um, newsletter and uh, has blown up on Spotify and and everything else. And he doesn't have a website. No website. It's like 18 million monthly listeners on Spotify. No website. It's all social media driven. Yep. Like, I don't need any other evidence. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Social media, the importance of connecting with people through the medium of social media and email, I think, is a very important one. That's a different one. It's a different subset of people probably, but it is important. But sticking to social media, the importance of that cannot be overstated. It is the way that people consume and convey information now. And it is important that you not – like posting is only one element of that. You have got to connect with people, engage with people. When someone comments on something that is yours, reply to that comment, even if it's just gratitude, or at least like the comment. If someone sends you a message, reply to that message. Even if it's irrelevant to what you're doing, like you owe that person a reply, unless it's something nasty and you need to block them. Yeah, I think people perceive it the wrong way. Like, especially, you know, on the, I don't want to say old, 30's not old. 30s very young but people that the difference of kids that are 17 now that have never mm-hmm. existed without social media right uh for the other people that have had to embrace it over time as it has become a tool uh, i think some people look at it the same way that they look as like posting the flyer on the telephone pole totally that's not what it is right like sure it might be visual and you might be posting a photo but this is like the digital version of hanging out after the show yeah, like that is a real person, and if they took the time to ask you a question about your music or what you're doing, or you know, even if it's something you're into, it's the same way that like they would come up to you after a show. It's just a, a different place that those kids hang out. Yeah, and you should be stoked that they're hitting you up. Totally. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like that's where you build friendships and relationships now. Yep, it's on social media. That's. You just put it perfectly. I can't really twist those words into my own to make it another point that that was well put. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so don't underestimate the importance of communicating on social media. It's not just a look at me thing. It's a back and forth dialogue. Uh, every, if, every, like every message board, every group, Reddit, Cura, like all of these things, even the YouTube comments, you know, pre-dissolving into talking about Hitler are (laughs) are a great space to have a conversation. Um, Those things are important. Like, and don't, 
please don't we get this on our Instagram page. Please don't be the uh spam commenter. So gross. It's it really is gross. That's why I troll you guys. Yeah. Because you suck. Nice pick on a video. <laughs> Great content when we're talking about like the most depressing thing about know, the music industry. Right? Yo, your music is dope. Hit us up. DM us for promotion. Like it's literally a picture of text. <laughs> You know what I mean? Don't be that guy. Be that better. Yeah, be better than that. Be purposeful in your communication. One authentic message, direct message, or comment about something that is specifically related to what that person is doing carries far more weight than 100 blanket stock comments. Absolutely. Without question. That's an opportunity for a relationship. It's not just shameless self-promotion. Absolutely. That's not what it's about. So, yeah, that's my rant on social media. Yeah. I think, and lastly, email. Email is, dude, there are people who swear by email. Tim Ferriss swears by email. Yeah. Um, and he's right, too. That guy's email list is legit. It is. But email, if you can get a good email game going on, it is the one one of the things that is not subject to algorithm change. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's important to uh, to take advantage of if you can. Email is, I, I self-admittedly am not great at email, uh, but I can, I, I can tell you that from my experience, I like to, receive the only things i subscribe to that i continue to receive a subscription to via email are things that are fun Mm. like email is not the place for just like the ask Mm. buy this check this out like i have this i'm giving this i'm doing this me 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 that's that's not the that's not the content you want to send via email email is i think it's it's a place to offer some things like that. Mm-hmm. If you're if you got a record dropping, if you got a tour you're announcing, yeah. But it's another opportunity for non-reciprocal showing of your personality. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a, it's not a back and forth. Save that for Twitter or Facebook comments. Um it is a it really is kind of a a way to have a direct line of a billboard of sorts to just kind of like, Hey guys, I'm still here. And to remind you that I'm still here, here's something fun for you. Yeah. I right. Agree. So a couple thoughts on this. Number one, I would argue I'm not going to, uh, maybe I will single somebody out, whatever. I would imagine that there are big, uh, huge companies that whether you like it or not, are probably on some of their email lists. Uh, I don't subscribe to this email list, so I'm not saying this from personal experience, but I'm wagering a bet. Somebody like Target. If you are on Target's email list, I would bet a pretty solid amount you could not possibly care less about the emails they send you. Like a hundy spot? (laughs) Like a hundy spot. (laughs) I would argue that you probably only receive that for the sake of whenever they send a 20% off coupon. Mm -hmm. And then you just keep scrolling past it. And if you go to Target this week and you're like, oh, 
I wonder if I have a coupon for them. And then you pull it out. But they're not actually engaging with you. You don't, you're not there like, man, I got so much value out of this and I really love reading this. So if you are an artist and you have an email list and all you're sending is, hey, listen to this song. Hey, listen to this. Hey, listen to this. Hey, we're playing this. Hey, did you buy tickets to our tour? I'm not going to read your email because you're not actually giving me anything. Right. But as Tom was referring to, I think it's a really great outlet to get to know people and feel like I know you better and find cool stuff. And I mean that in the sense of my favorite email lists, the ones I actually will open every time they come through my email, which is a very short list. Mm -hmm. um, All of them are by people like Tim Ferriss is a great one. I follow his stuff. Mm -hmm. There's kind of a couple other people in the entrepreneurship space that I think do a great job. And while, yes, if he has currently released a book at the bottom of his email after all the interesting stuff, he will drop a link to the, hey, it'd be really cool if you'd support this. But before I ever make it to that, these guys and girls and whoever are sending me super interesting things that really have nothing to do with what they're selling, but more have to do with them. And because I am interested in what they do, my interests tend to align. Maybe not 100%, but I would say a pretty strong amount. Yeah. And sometimes it could be like, hey, here is a book I'm reading that I really enjoy, and here's why. Or, oh, here's some new music I've been listening to. And, oh, I found this really fascinating article on something that is relevant and a little bit off the beaten path. Or I discovered, like, this traditional form of Japanese art that I had never heard of before and found this really interesting insight into this. Like, it can be super obscure, but all of it because uh, I'm in similar industries or interests as the people that are sending them. Even if it's not like, oh, here's you know, exactly this thing I was looking for. All of it's always interesting. And I feel like I gain a little bit of insight and I feel like I know people I've never met because, and it's not like personal stories from their life, but it's just like, oh, they're into this. I'm into that. Oh, this is kind of cool. I never even knew this was a thing, but I'm sort of into that too. Like, I feel like I would be friends with them even Mm -hmm. though we've never met Yeah, because they genuinely are just sharing, oh, this is stuff that I think is cool. And if you like what I do, you'll probably think some of this is cool, too. So here's that. And I think if you've got a band Mm -hmm. that whether you are an artist, DJ, rapper, you got four guys or girls, whatever, in your band, figure out what that looks like. But put together your newsletter. Don't hit everybody three times a week because everybody hates that. Nobody wants that. But you know, let's say you got four people in your band and all you are like, hey, here's like my three favorite things I found this month. Whether that's music, whether that's a book, whether that's random anything, an app changed your life that you're like, man, I didn't know this existed, but I love this. You know, that's fun and engaging that you are stoked to be using, that you would tell your friends, Mm -hmm. tell your friends on your newsletter. And then people that already like your music, if they're like, oh, I already like these four people and here's 12 different things that I thought were super exciting that that was interesting. I didn't even know I was missing this. And then I finally get to the bottom of that email and you're like, Hey, by the way, just so you guys know, we did drop a new music video. Here's a link to it. We'd love for you to check it out. If you're into it, Mm -hmm. you know, hit that like button. It'd be great. 
but you've already provided all of this value before you ever got to this ask of stuff that they're like, oh, I feel like I know these people and I've never met them. Yeah. And don't don't overthink it when mm-hmm. it comes to a newsletter, I think. And that's advice. I from, agree. That's advice for myself, too. It doesn't always have to be brand specific. Like, if you're an artist and your Instagram page is loaded with, like, pics of Jordans, like, you love Jordans, you collect Jordans, like, and you also post pictures of you at the beach, like, maybe you live in L.A., you go to the beach a lot and you wear Jordans, like, in your newsletter this Friday, maybe you include a link to, like, hey, check it out, here's... Did you know that 90% of the rubber that they use in Jordans comes from this area of the world? Here's some stats on that area. Pretty cool stuff, huh? Yeah. Did you know that the tide uh, this year is the most conducive to surfing that it's been in the last decade? Mm-hmm. Here's some stats about that. Pretty interesting stuff. Oh, here's an app that, based on where what beach you're at and what time of day it is, the best time to be surfing. Like. Right. So, like, there's stuff that is loosely related to your brand via your interests that you have already expressed. You're basically, like, you're, it, is, it is evidence of you as a person. That's what it's for. For sure. And while, and we've talked about branding in the past, and branding is important, um, so I'm not backpedaling on things that we've said in the past, but at the end of the day, you don't want people to think that you're Walmart. Right. Like, and not to say that Walmart is the devil, that's an argument for another day, but like, no one looks at anything from Walmart and thinks that this came from Jamie that works at this office in Oklahoma. I wonder how she's doing because we haven't talked in a while. Walmart is not your BFF. Like, Jamie, who works at Walmart, might be your BFF. You want your fans to open up your newsletter. And be like, oh, man, I'm so stoked that I got to meet Tom last time he played that show in Chicago. Oh, this is hilarious. This sounds just like he sounded in real life. I bet he really is the one that wrote this. Right. Like, you know, and it's funny. uh, My buddy Jordan has mentioned this before. uh, And he's super into hip hop. But he was like, man, I don't understand why more artists don't do it. Like, if Drake wrote a blog, or if Drake, yeah, you know, did something that wasn't, like, somebody else just, like, making fancy pictures, like, all that stuff is cool. Like, put out an aesthetic, put out a brand that is dope. But whatever that person is for you, whether that's a rapper or a pop artist or a country artist or a rock artist... Whoever that person is in the band for you, that you're like, man, this is why I love music. I love that person. If they made videos that they were talking about anything or articles talking about literally anything. Anything. Like, Mark Hoppus could start a blog on his favorite donuts in California. I'm going to read it. Yeah. And then I'm going to put it on my list next time I'm in L.A. (laughs) I mean, honestly, though, I would be... I would be more apt to subscribe to Mark's newsletter mm-hmm. rather than read his blog. Mm. If it, even if it was the same content, yeah. If it was fun and funny and coming from Mark, like I would, for me, that would be totally Mike Shinoda. 
I think yeah, Mike Shinoda's 100%. the man. You know what I mean? If he if he had a weekly newsletter that was just like stuff that he liked and wanted to talk about, yeah, the things that he the the interests that he showcases through his social media presence sure. very much align with my own. If it was stuff about art and music and travel and like just things that he's into, yep. dude, I would totally subscribe to that, and I'd probably get a lot of value out of it. And at the same time, it would it would make me feel like I was more friends with him. I was more connected to his brand and him as a person, which is what you want in your fanship, yep. I think, as it is. Yeah. And to be fair, that wasn't a takeaway from the newsletter. I think it's more of just the yeah, general yeah, yeah. aesthetic. I will also say, if we want to compare blogs and newsletters, like blogs can be great if you actively engage in that. Mm-hmm. But the newsletter, like I don't have to work for. Right. Like if you have a blog, even if I like you, I still have to go there and read it. Mm-hmm. I still have to remember to be like, oh, I haven't checked that in a couple of weeks. I wonder if they did anything interesting. Totally. Unless you're like deep in the RSS feeds, but y'all can have that. It's a whole different yeah. argument for another day. Get on um, it. <laughs> otherwise, it's like, whether that's once a week, whether that's once a month, you know, if you literally, it's just like, here's a one sheet of everything I think is cool. You'll probably think it's cool. Yeah. And I literally don't have to go anywhere to get all of that information yeah. direct to me. As long as it's cool, somebody whose opinion I trust and respect, and I expect to like what they like, mm-hmm. I will engage with that all day long. Dude, if every Friday on my lunch break, I can get an email from my favorite creator, favorite artist, favorite band member, whatever favorite band. And I can digest that on my lunch break, all the links and everything. Every week I'd pick through it. Yeah. And again, I want to double back and hammer on this. Not just hammering. Oh, we put this song out. Oh, go listen to this song. We get it. Like whether they're your friends, whether they're fans, they know you make music. Mm -hmm. That's how they got there. In one way or another. And obviously put that out and put that on your social. But use that as a tool to get a little bit more intimate to really know you. Mm -hmm. And that, I'll bet you money. bet you that hundo spot. (laughs) (laughs) That if you commit to that for a year and just send the people that already like your music a little open door to stuff that you think is cool that they in turn will think is cool. Yeah. I 100% think that the value you'll get long-term is night and day. Yeah, unbeatable. And that is how to not suck at communication. (laughs) You got anything else for him, Tom? Man, that's all I got for this week. Word. Yep. Cool. We'll see you next Thursday. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks again for listening to the show today. As always, you can find show notes and links from our episode on our website at themusicstuffshow.com also please 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 uh, connect with us if there's ever any questions any ways that we can help you can find us all over social media at music stuff show you can also find myself and tom personally all over the interwebs i am at v-a-n-c-e-f-i-t-e and tom is at T-O-M-D-U-P-R-E-E-I-I-I. All over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere you want to connect. The show is here for you. So any way that we can make your life a little bit better and get you closer to your dreams of your career in the music industry, we want to be a part of. We'll see you guys next Thursday.